the Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at first.io. I'm just nothing without a great team behind me. Oh. And and so I, I've, I've spent many years now just pouring myself into the team. I look at it like they are my number one client. I have to treat them uh, with love, respect. Um, they, they have to know how much I care about them. And in turn, they'll care for my realtors. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 157 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for for tuning in. Thank you so much for sharing with a friend. And my biggest thank you is for those of you that keep leaving ratings and reviews. It's how we continue to grow. So thank you so much. This week, I'm very excited. I am going to talk to another lender. I've been not talking to enough lenders, I don't think. And, And fortunately, in my relocation to Tampa, I'm in the presence of one of the top lenders in the country doing some amazing things. Very excited. We're going to be talking to Jane Floyd. She's the originating branch manager for NFM Lending in Tampa, Florida. I can't wait to get her story. Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. I'm honored. Well, I'm I'm honored to have uh, the opportunity to ask you these questions and kind of have a conversation with you. First of all, my first question is, are you a native... Tampanian? What is a Tampa person called? Tampa? Tamp- Tamp- Tampa? Tampanian. Tampanian. Yeah, I like that. Good. So did you grow up here? Uh, yes and no. I grew up here, but I came here when I was 10 years old from Pennsylvania. I was born in Pennsylvania. Ah, where, which side? East or west side of Pennsylvania? Are East. you Pittsburgh or are you you're, you're, you're Philly? Uh, no, I was born in a small town called Scranton. Scranton, sure. Yeah. So, well, we all know about that from the office. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Does Scranton look anything like that set or those, those exteriors on that show? Because it was filmed in L.A., I think. I so. hate to tell you, Bill, I don't watch You didn't watch TV, TV I've never right. seen The Office. <laughs> you know what? That's what successful people tell me all the time. So maybe I need to cut down on my watching. All right, I got it. So you moved down here at the age of 10. Were you right here in the Tampa Bay area the whole I time? I was. I moved here in the middle of the fifth grade. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to guess that you probably went to school here in this area, did I you? sure did. So where's your alma mater? I went to Lato for high school. Okay. And then I went away to Florida State for a year, not even a year. Broke my mother's heart because I was so homesick. So I transferred to USF and graduated from USF. Oh, nice. So right up here. We're we're recording this episode. How far from USF? Oh, we're not pretty far. close, yeah, right? Very far. <laughs> Just a few very miles close. away. So a bull. I'm a bull. Yeah, that's great. There, I found that there's a ton of Uf- University of Florida love here in Tampa, like more than FSU. Do you oh, think yeah. that's true? Okay. Oh, I but, don't know because our office is pretty FSU heavy, but um, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I think yeah. it's about a 50-50. Yeah, and then you've got, uh, just so people around the country know, you got USF, which is a big presence here. And then you got UCF, which claims they won you know the national I mean? championship yeah. last year because they went undefeated and beat Auburn and everything. So, but do you follow the, do you follow any of the sports at all or because you're so busy here probably not so much? Okay, so uh 
I'm like, oh no, the conversation's going to sports again. So I have two boys and obviously a husband, so three, and it's always all about sports. I know just enough to be dangerous. All right, so that, I get that. They're diehards, I will tell you that. Yeah. <clears throat> Alabama fans, I'll tell you that. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. My husband's family's from Alabama, okay, so gotcha. they are diehard Alabama fans. Good. So um, I don't mention, I don't say War Eagle anywhere around your husband. That's, That's right. really bad. Okay, That's good. Right. I got it. File that away. So you've graduated from USF. What's I your did. What's your first job out of college? My first job out of college. So during college, I worked at Bennigan's. I opened the one on Fowler for anybody that uh, is from Tampa. And uh, I started out as a uh, waitress and then I was a bartender. And then I, while I was going to school. And so when I transferred back at Florida State, I wasn't working and I just couldn't stand it. I I wanted to work. So um, graduated with a business and a marketing degree, had no idea what I wanted to do. And they asked me if I'd like to go into management. So I went straight into management with Bennigan's Restaurant. Wow. So how long were you there? Uh, I was with Bennigan's for, let's see, five years. Okay. So you get you're in your mid twenties now, right? I want to know right. what was the trigger, or what happened that, that got you in, involved or interested in the lending industry. Okay, that's kind of a cool story. So I really had no idea what I wanted to do, as I think most people don't. So I took off. I was working uh, eighty hours. Anybody that's been in the restaurant industry knows uh, what that's like. Yeah. So I was working eighty hours a week. Um, got pregnant with my first son intentionally, and um, had to take off because you can't work eighty hours. I could I could have done sixty, but not. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I was pretty bored uh, staying at home for a month or two waiting on babies. So I got my real estate license while I was home. And then I went into real estate just part time, kind of playing with it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I actually uh, went back to waitressing just to get out of the house two days a week while my son was very young. And I actually met uh, 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 two men that owned a title company, uh, Tommy Alday and Ron Donaldson. Um, way back, I'm sure you probably well. know yeah. uh, Tommy's deceased, but Ron's still a very great friend. Yeah. And anyway, they offered me, they said, you want to go into PR? So I went to to do PR for a title company for them for two and a half years. Loved it. Uh, was so fortunate to meet so many of the agents in Tampa. And then a friend said, why don't you get into the mortgage business? Wow. So what year is this that you decided to go that into mortgage? That is 1990. The market, like, I'm trying to see where we're at in the market, right? Because mm-hmm. we come out of the, the SNL crisis was happening. I'm sure the market wasn't hopping. Missed that. Yep. Yeah, Rates so were... Just, yeah. Extremely high. Yeah, very high. I, I want to point out one thing. Um, you're the the number one job that most and the people I interview are all very successful in business in the in the real estate space. And the number one job they've all had in the past, the most popular job. Do you know what it is? Bartender. Bartender. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thought you were going to say that. It is. Think about it. What do you yeah. do as a bartender? You wait on people. You, you wait, love on people. You, you, you answer serve. their questions. You, answer their you questions. talk to them, and all the things you do as a, as a, a lender, right? It's yep. just amazing. I love that. Yep. So. You you uh, talk about then the first thing you did as a lend- in getting in the lending space. Did you c- start off right as an LO? I sure did, and okay. I got to tell you, school of hard knocks. Okay. I had um, uh, went to work. A friend, uh, a guy that I knew, uh, owned a mortgage company, and he said, "Hey, um, you ever thought about this?" And uh, honestly, I had literally was getting ready, got all the books. I decided I want to go back to school and go to law school, so I was going to go to Stetson. I don't know why I thought I wanted to do that, and. <laughs> 
He goes, you'd be great in the mortgage business. I said, you know what? I'll give it a whirl. And I went to work for him. And it was pretty cool, Bill, because I had this processor that was, she was just, she she was a bear, but she was awesome. Mm. So I knew the agents because the, I called on them being in the title company. Yeah. So they were willing as a person, they know my, they knew my work ethic and my integrity and they liked me. We were friends. So they gave me a shot in the mortgage business. So, but I would come back to the office every day and if my files weren't perfect, they were back on my desk. So I really, her name was Jill. I learned a lot from her. Yeah. I, I, I this is the opportunity. I'm going to tell you of my 10 years as a branch manager in title, the shout out to the people behind the scenes. I mean, it's the face of the LO, it's the, the EO or the sales rep at title, but the people doing the heavy lifting in the back make or break you, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big, uh, a very important piece to remember. So you eventually end up starting your own company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. So uh, here's how that happened. And that never would have happened either if it weren't for someone else. So I, the guy I went to work for was a great guy, but He also had like three other companies. And so there was another LO at the company at that time said, hey, why don't we go start our own? I was like, okay. So I went home, asked my husband, you mind if I take a second mortgage out on our house? And uh, I did. And uh, we opened up Diversified Home Mortgage in 1991. And uh, my mother actually uh, started with us, who is now 88 and just, or she'll be 88. Still originating? Uh, She just (laughs) retired. Uh, four years ago wow. from, from here. And so we did that and it was awesome. And about, about two and a half years later, we, we split, bought him out. And then I was on my own with diversified all those years. And you had that for over 20 years. Yeah. I had that for 22 years Yeah, yeah or and 20 so, years. Yeah. So let's talk about the transition from owning that company mm-hmm. uh, to what you're doing now. Cause you're with uh, NFM lending, which is a national, they are uh, yes. national operation. Talk Out of about Baltimore. your decision to, uh, to transition? That was probably one of the most challenging and biggest uh, professional decisions in my life uh, because I was very happy being a broker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know any different. It's right. all I knew. And then, um, honestly, another thing I attribute my my core coach, which we may touch on in a minute, um, he said, you need to stop being a broker. You need to get into correspondent lending. So I, I thought about it for a few years and uh, started doing my research, pretty much kind of flew all over the country. It was it was a big move because um, I'm, I'm kind of, I hate to say that, control freak, but I, I it wasn't broken. So does that make sense? It wasn't right. broken. I was happy. My people were happy. But I, once I met NFM Lending, I knew that that was, I knew I wanted to make one move in my career, one more move, and that was yeah. it. And um, never looked back. So they were just the right fit for me. They, they, they checked all the boxes, uh, communication, integrity. I didn't want, want to go somewhere there were a lot of levels. Um, the type of person that, you know, if, uh, if I've got a problem, I want to go to one person. And right. uh, it's been amazing. Amazing for all of my staff. I say, especially since you you were the boss, right? right? For twenty years, right. there was no one above you, correct? So that had to be a different kind of a situation. But it also, I, I would think it would, it lends itself to a, a feeling of a little bit of comfort as well, right? Knowing oh. that somebody else is taking care of that other stuff that the you compliance, have to do so much. All yeah, that part of yeah. It, right? But yeah. it's just opened up so much because just the the being around uh, the the other branch managers and our everybody in our executive team, our president, our COO, are just some of my best friends now. So it's yeah. helped our brand. We've we've um, from the time I think we've doubled in four years our um, 
our volume wow. because of the alliance with NFM Lending. Well, let's let's continue on that track. I, I've I've been told, little birdie told me that you you are, you have one of the top lending teams in the country. I do. You do. Good. That's awesome. First, congratulations. Thank Second, you. how talk about the process of putting that together the uh and in keeping the team moving forward you know because I, I i'm sure that's a ton of work and then we'll touch on the core coaching because you're probably helping other people in other markets mm-hmm. <laughs> do the same thing right mm-hmm. so I'll talk about that well you mentioned a minute ago you said when we were talking uh you said the people in the back doing the heavy lifting and uh once i realized that it it wasn't all about me. It really wasn't any about me. It was all about them. Um, I think that was a big turning point. Uh, so in, in building the team and understanding that I'm, I'm just nothing without a great team behind me. And, and so I've, I've spent many years now just pouring myself into the team. If you kind of look at it, I look at it like they are my number one client. I have to treat them, uh, with love, respect. Um, they, they have to know how much I care about them. And in turn, they'll care for my realtors, which are my second client, and then my clients. That right. makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think about it from, from our point of view on the title side, it's the same thing, right? We, we, we have to have those relationships internal. For me, I'll tell you, my number one client was the title department. If I wanted I something to happen, that. right, I needed to make sure that I had a great relationship with the title manager. And I, I still do that. to this day. Hey, Richie, I'm just saying hi to <laughs> you know, Richard Klein. But he, he could save things for me, you know, just like your people can do the same. So I love that. Look on the inside first. I think that's a great tip. Um, let's talk about core. So you work with um, um, lenders around the country that uh, are looking, for, looking to take their business to the next level. Uh, talk about what core is first for those who don't know, and then what you get out of that and how you you know what that how that works for you so um core is one of the top uh they're industry specific for real estate and mortgages coaching companies in the country mm-hmm. and i've always i've accountability and coaching and mentoring are to me that's the biggest piece of anyone that's successful uh so i've always had coaches and i i met uh actually met rick ruby in uh, in november of 2010 and was accepted into the core in january of 2011 um as a student uh you have to be at certain levels uh to coach with the core whether you're a realtor or a lender and um their number one thing is for you is is for you to 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 build wealth. So it's it's it and keep it and give away. So um the, and have a balanced life. And so I've been working on that even at a at a at an expedited level since January of 2011. And so when you're uh, talking to your your students, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Are and then they... I became a coach. Yeah. I was coach for two and a half years, and then I became a coach, and I'm still coached. Okay. Um, I have a coach and two other students on my on my call, and I'm blessed to have 12 other students that are lenders throughout. The, I only coach lenders. Coaches, realtors coach realtors, and lenders coach lenders. I love that. But I have access to all these amazing real estate professionals throughout the country that some of them have been, some of them have become some of my just best friends. Right. So I'm able to bring all that back here to my agents. Wow. Best practices. um, And and I like the fact you talk about wealth building, right? I mean, I think that gets lost a lot 
uh, in our industry, right? The, especially it, the cyclical it, nature that it that does, we have. Bill. Because yeah. I think what's highlighted the difference between core. I mean, to get in at this level, literally, you have to show your paycheck, your W twos, your bank statements. I mean, it is. It's. It doesn't matter how much you make, but how much are you keeping, yeah. right? And how much are you saving? And how much are you giving away? Yeah. Those are the things that really matter. So that accountability for me, and even the budgeting, it just it it's taken it. You know, my husband and I used to budget, but just not not at the level that we have. Yeah. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the interview that I've I've only interviewed a handful of lenders, but and but over a hundred realtors in this podcast, maybe more. And, and I'd, I'd love to talk to you about the importance of relationships in your world, right? I know for realtors, I've asked thousands of realtors around the country, how important are relationships to your success? It's been unanimous, which is always in my mind impressive that there's something they all agree on. I'm assuming, and I'd like to hear your take on that from the world of lending, just how critical that is for you. It's the same thing, Bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's absolutely the same thing. There's, there's no differentiation. Talk about the relationships you have with your realtor partners versus your um, consumers, right? The buyers. So they're both really important. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that, that I've gotten from the core. I am 75% of my business is referred from my realtors. So wow. that is a, that for me by design, uh, I've never been a big refinance, even in the heyday when rates were low. I mean, I'll, I'll do my past clients, but I've always stayed, you know, kept those relationships with the, with the agents. That's yeah. been number one for me, but your, so for, for real estate agents, their database, right. Is huge. Um, and their sphere. So that is one thing that I'm working on right now, Bill. I used to be 33% um, from past clients and now I've dropped to like 25% because I've focused so much on my agents. So I've intentionally this past year really started focusing on because I close and when you close the amount of volume that I do, it's, it's hard. Something's going to give. So, so staying in front of those, those, like I have two big events coming up. I have a pumpkin patch. I have, you know, so staying in front of my, in my, my past clients and my closed clients is, is I think, you know, critical to long-term success. Right. I mean, there's the referrals that can come out of that database going to be just as big, right? I mean, because if realtors don't like to hear this, to be quite honest, but if, you know, if, if I, if I, working with a realtor and I say, no, but my best friend told me Jane's amazing. I want to use Jane. You're going to get that customer and the introduction to another agent that maybe doesn't know you. Right. So huge opportunity. I love that. Yeah. I always like asking this question because as a title guy, I would be sitting at a closing and sometimes the people think they're coming, like I'm part of the lender because I have the loan documents in front of me. Right. It's kind of odd. And the lenders rarely showed up in Arizona where I ran my operation. So I'm going to ask you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions consumer have consumers have about your industry, about the mortgage industry? What are things you always have to kind of explain to them? Misconceptions. You mean, as far as just like you mentioned, going to a closing, uh, because I do, I go to 65% of my closings or someone on my team does, which is not normal. Yeah. Um, most, most banks and lenders do not do that. Right. They look at it, at it as a commodity, I right. think. I think that's a big, that's one of the things, right? That they, they don't even, uh, I think a lot of consumers today don't even see the lender, right? Never meet they the don't. lender. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just the confidence, I think, in, uh, with, well, since those of us that were in, you know, with the crisis before the crisis and then after that, 
honestly, they think it's easy and it's mm. not. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't work part-time and make a ton of money? Yeah, I, thought, no. I thought that's that's not what lenders do. <laughs> Because I, I, that's what a lot of people think about realtors, right? I know. Work part-time, make a ton of money. Make a ton of money. Okay, no, okay, And good. it's fun. Get in because you like people, right? <laughs> well, then why don't you want to call them? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Back to your personal life. You, looking at your history, mm-hmm. you know, because there's some stuff about you online. I don't know if you knew that. I was able to find it. Let's talk about your volunteering in the community. I mean, you do a lot of really cool stuff. And I want you to share the importance of this from a personal level and a professional level as well. So let's talk about some of the things you're doing. Yeah, so I I just think it's 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 for me. I feel I, I'm called to do that, like giving back, and that's probably one of the things that drives me. Even even it, it drives me way more than money or anything else. Is 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 helping people? Whether it's my team, I, you know, I have a desire for all of them uh, to grow and to just to have a great life. And there's there's just gosh, all of it. There's so much need out there, Bill. Right. Involvement in the community, I think, is important just as the the community goes. But I just think for me, I get more satisfaction. Like we're doing Saturday, we're doing a bowling tournament for human trafficking. Um, uh, these are people that can't help themselves, right? So, so I think that we just need to be aware. And 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 it's another thing. Like we do that as a team. Our company does. Like we just went and served at Metropolitan Ministries together. It's 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 and these teaching your children that this is this is what we're called to do, right? Right. Do you do you also find that by volunteering you're introduced to a new you know another audience of people? One hundred percent, Bill. I mean, yeah. the bottom line is by 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 serving. Look look at the what it opens up to you. The people that you're meeting. I mean, one example um, is somebody that you and I know know well together, right? Um, he's an agent. And it wouldn't be Anthony Malfronte. Anthony would it? Malfronte, right. right? I know Anthony. And so I was like, you know what? He's really passionate about quantum leaps, right? And I love serving and helping. So I checked it out. And, and, and so I got involved, my husband and I did with Quantum Leap. And so it's opened up, it's gotten me business. And I think that, again, you don't do it because if you're doing it only because of that, let me put it that way, it's for the wrong reasons. And people will know. And people will know. They see your heart. They see it. But if you, because, and so it makes it very easy for me to say no, if it's not something that, that I see value in or that I'm passionate about or that there's a big need. Um, So that's, that's a great example. I think that if you look at a lot of successful people, that's that, that they're helping, they're serving, and it just opens up that whole sphere to you. I can tie that back to your coaching with core. I'll bet you that, you know, you, I'm sure you get compensated for, for teaching, but it's probably, you know, that you have a passion for helping other people. Then that comes through in that coaching as well. Is that kind of the same? Oh my goodness. And I, I, I do get, I get paid, I get paid well, but I, I would do it for nothing because I get more from my students than they get from me. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the point. Think that the, this, uh, the spirit of giving, right. This the, the ability to help others to serve uh, is making a bit of a comeback uh, today. We we kind of lost. I don't want to say we lost our way, but the whole lead gen thing online, all this right. stuff. You know, all these companies that are out there that are still promoting all those things. We still find that most successful people come from a place of service, helping, you know, trying to improve someone else's life, and that is paid back to you. You know, many many times over. 
um, by just being that person. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. In yeah. fact, Rick Ruby, who's um, the majority owner of the core, uh, him, Todd Scream and Rita Casey, uh, he just wrote a little book and it's just a quick read. And it's, and I was like, yeah, all right, I have to read it because it was assigned to me. And the title of it is People Equals Profits. He's so simple. Everything he teaches is simple. And that's what the book's about. And it is literally people equals, equals profit. So you treat people well, whether it's your staff, the community serving, um, you're going to be profitable. Seems like a no-brainer. A no-brainer, but but, <laughs> but a no-brainer, but like you said, yeah, exactly. we have all these buy, you know, two thousand dollars on Zillow leads. I'm not saying by any means some people are successful with that, sure. but sure. I'm just saying that's how I've become successful by pouring into people. Well, let's talk about what's happening technology-wise in our industry because it's changing, right? We've got the iBuyers coming in. We've got new brokerage models like EXP and Compass. Uh, you know, there's, you know, the iBuyers, I mean, like Open Door, OfferPad, Knock, Purple Bricks, all this stuff is happening. Talk about um, what impact that has on the lending side of things. And I'm sure on the lending side of things, you've also got some players that are moving in trying to maybe do some different things on your space. So how do you, how do you handle that? What's going to be your op, you know, if you, if someone said to you, what are you going to do to stay relevant and to really keep your team strong? How do you how do you answer that question? So that's a great question, Bill. And there's a lot of compression in the lending industry. Uh, you're seeing a lot of layoffs. You're seeing a lot of consolidation because of the online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I truly believe that we have these millennials, and um, they they want to go online. They want it fast. They want it easy. They do not want to talk on the phone. And so. I believe they're in, and in real estate too. I mean, I think that we are going to see more of it going that way. However, there will still be the relational buyer. There will still be that are old school like myself. I want to look somebody in the eye when I'm purchasing something. I want to trust them. Uh, I don't mind if I pay a little bit more. If I'm purchasing a home, I want I want an agent that's knowledgeable, um, you know, professional. I don't want to go online. I don't want to cut commission. So it's there. It's where we're going. However, I believe those of us that that stick to the basics and are relational and give enough value. We're going to survive and we're going to be fine and we're going to thrive. That value word's critical, right? I mean, no matter how great an algorithm gets, they're not going to know what you know about about a product or about an area or about all the different things that that we know as people. (laughs) We'll go back to that people word, right? So I think that's uh, that's powerful. Well, look, I've had you here the half hour of of your time and I know you're super busy. So I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked every guest on the podcast. It's the same final question. That is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? So a little bit more than one, but I'll wrap it up. That's all right. Um, You have plenty of time. (laughs) Well, I I think the thing is, Bill, that it's when people, and we touched on it, you get into the business, they get into business because they want flexibility. They like people. But if they get into the business, they need to get into the business and treat it like a business. Okay. Have a start time, have an end time, have boundaries. Okay. And, and not be afraid to share those boundaries. And Probably the number one thing, as long as they have a account schedule, be accountable to themselves 
or I believe in, in accountability, get some sort of mentoring, coaching, even mm-hmm. if they team up with someone, but they've got a prospect, right? They've got a prospect. They've got to pick up the phone. Um, they have to have a follow-up plan. They have to know who they're targeting. And a great way to do that is going to events, right? And and not not looking around and wanting to meet 15 people. Meet three that you really connect with, you can go deep with. So it's really just working it like a business and prospecting, making phone calls, having face-to-faces. It's what the core teaches, basically. Um, writing personal notes. I mean, back to those days, right? Yep. I mean, is it, it, it still, that's one thing that I do diligently, 10 a minimum of personal notes. And I learned that back from Zig Ziglar. He was one of my mentors. Sure. Well, I'm sure yours too, right? Back yeah. in the day. Yep. But I think that's, that's the thing. Don't just get into the business because you think it's easy and you like people and you want to have flexibility in your schedule. You can set your schedule, but it's, you have to have a schedule. Right. Jane, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? 813-961-3900 is the office number. And my cell is 813-758-8334. Someone on my team will probably call you back and schedule a call with me unless I just happen to be driving and I'm not on the phone or with the client, but I'll answer. Um, my email is jfloyd, so J-F-L-O-Y-D at N-F-M lending.com. Jane, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Really, it was really great hearing your story. You shared some amazing tips and ideas. I loved your final answer. Treat it like a business. Get, you know, really get professional. Um, Once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Bill. I'm honored.